Welcome to the Cap City Offers Podcast. This is episode 234. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to do a Tales from the Gun Counter. So just a variety of topics we've had recently in the store with customers. Uh, yeah, getting started, uh, kind of a, some observations we made recently regarding hit factor scoring. So if you aren't familiar with hit factor scoring, uh, this is the way that stages are scored in USPSA. Um, it is points divided by time. So you hit, put bullets into targets, uh, hit the scorable zones, you gain points. Uh, however long it takes you to do that um, is the, the number on the bottom of the division problem. The denominator? Um, the denominator. There you go, yeah. Uh, cool. For those of you that are old enough <laughs> to have done long form division. Yes, indeed. Uh, for all you youngins out there, uh, it's the number you put in the calculator second. Exactly. Unless <laughs> you're doing reverse Polish notation, and then it'd be the number you put in first. <laughs> there we go. Big brain, big brain. Look out. Look at the big brain on Brian. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, guys, hit factor scoring as, as, yeah. as a quick note. Yes, you mentioned, typically you see it, or you see it in, in USPSA for sure. Yep. You see it in a number of different types of competition. The the push for hit factor scoring is to not let speed slide. Speed matters, Correct. but accuracy matters too. It weights them. There are guys that will argue that hit factor is weighted slightly towards speed as long as accuracy is good enough, meaning you can occasionally, at a B-class level, drop into a C or two if you're going fast enough and probably still do okay. If you're a GM or a master, you got to shoot all A's and you got to do it fast. Yeah. I mean, it's just that simple because that's the competition's that good at that level. But where we see hit factor trickling over, like a lot of things we talk about, a lot of the new training methodologies, the new ideas, the new ways of doing things that we've been talking about, the Steger, Park, the Pranka, the, the, uh, all the guys yeah. doing competition-based, all the guys doing the skills that came out of competition, whether they did it real or whether they did it on the range for a match, uh, this is pushing over into law enforcement and professional and user training. It's been in the high-speed arena probably for a decade, maybe longer. Yeah. In the high-speed arena with the truly go-fast guys, they've been... And all the go-fast dudes bring dudes from the competitive world. We can go back 30 years when CAG, SIF, and Delta were bringing in guys like Robbie Latham and Jerry Barnhart yeah. and some of those dudes to train them. Um, you know, that, that's been a thing for a long time. So these methodologies and in in this method of scoring stuff we're seeing in law enforcement because we want to push our troops and our officers to, to go faster, to not just sit back and do the qual mentality where I've got all the time in the world to fire each shot because it's not going to be that way in the real world. So hit factor scoring is a good representation of don't leave anything on the table. Correct. Speed or accuracy, yeah. I, either one. The Magpul guys would have called this the balance of speed and accuracy. Um, I'm sure somebody said that like when they were throwing spears at each other 2,000 years ago. Yeah. You know, throwing fast enough to make hits. Didn't somebody like Wyatt Earp or somebody say like, take your time but in a hurry? Something like that. Something like Anyway, so yeah, you get it. Yeah. So yeah, so leads us to. Yeah, so it leads us to the realization that you can't miss fast enough to make up for misses. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you can't slow down to shoot accurately. Uh, yeah, you can't over slow down to shoot accurately. It's a conundrum to, wrapped in an enigma. Uh, so in hit factor scoring, uh, a miss on the target is minus ten points. Yes, uh, because it's five points you didn't get for the alpha. Yeah, and then it is also a five point penalty. So for sucking, it, it effectively becomes <clears throat> a ten point detriment to your score. Mm -hmm. uh, 
yeah, you can be as awesome as you want, um, but a miss will that that is going to hurt dramatically. Wow, um, it's almost like there's an analogy going into the real world. We have a friend of ours who's fond of saying every mic hits an under an orphan. Yeah, right. And so there you are. You didn't put it. You know, you didn't put the round where it needed to go out in the real world as a civilian doing concealed carry, as a civilian doing home defense as a law enforcement officer out there on the street at any level, at the street level or at the high speed level, um, if you throw that round off your target, if it does, if it goes through your target and hits a good guy, there's still going to be a conversation to be had there. Um, but it, but if it, you know, it's not that there might not be some liability slash whatever, um, but there's a reality check that if it didn't even come close to the bad guy or didn't touch the bad guy and hits an innocent, yep. you know, uh, you're, that you're going to pay dearly for that. So yeah, you definitely don't want to miss but you also don't have all day to put the rounds where they need to go. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So the another kind of way to look at this is, you know, how much energy can we put into the target in the least amount of time? Yeah. So for the, the gamer, the video game folks out there, you know, this is your damage per second mm -hmm. stat. Uh, you know, the more, the more rounds we can put into the target, um, in the least amount of time, you know, the more energy, the more damage we're able to do them. Yes. Um, the quicker we are able to change their behavior and make them stop doing whatever they were doing. Yes. And we're not talking emotional damage. We're talking real damage. Yeah. Um, is the, is the, there's not many problems that build drill solves. Is that a you thing or is that somebody else's saying? That, that was a, um, 532 insights, um, forget the guy's name chris palmer okay out in arizona yeah. uh, he's on the on lives with pranka and panone every once in a while yeah and uh, but i believe i stole that from him he probably stole it from somebody else sure but i like that yeah. saying um putting six rounds in the upper a zone of a target or a bad guy um maybe they're the same thing who knows on a given day um putting six rounds where they're supposed to go really really fast solves a lot of freaking problems we talk about you know pistols not being a good fight stopping tool, but five or six rounds, seven rounds, really rapidly in in the right in the upper A zone, uh, grouped well is is something that's again we go back to it's going to modify somebody's behavior. Um, it's yeah. probably going to be the end of the day for them unless they're wearing armor. Um, and again, we're not looking to kill people. We just want to modify their behavior and make them stop aggressing us and or others. Uh, mm -hmm. There's not many problems a build a good a well placed build drill doesn't solve, but well placed matters. You know, yeah. it only counts at the raise. So, yeah. Yeah. And build drill implies that you're shooting this very rapidly. A a amen. Yes. Amen. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's a, that is a variable thing. Um, but yeah, very rapidly. Keep in mind, there's dudes out there that can come from the holster uh, and put six rounds in the upper east. And is it 10 yards or seven yards? 10 yards. Seven yards. At seven yards, can come out of the holster uh, in sub two seconds yeah. for, for six rounds. Uh, there's, there's slobs like me that can do it sub three. Um, and when I and, and even on a good day, I think I was chasing two six a couple times, which I'm you know that's also the brag about. But if I can do it in two six, there's a whole bunch of dudes that can do it in two six. Yeah, lots and lots and lots. So yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, you know, again, familiar concepts with what we've been talking about. Not anything new, but these are concepts that have come up uh, across the counter in the gun store. And then, like you said, you had been invi invited and been involved in some training opportunities here recently where that type of stuff came yeah. up and, and the idea of hit zone scoring or um, hit, hit factor. factor scoring came up in conversations with uh, gentlemen doing law enforcement training here locally who have been pushing their departments, pushing their training divisions, 
pushing um, themselves to find ways to make their guys better, make themselves better, and the hit factor leads to a everybody's accountable for rounds. That is your qual. Um, but being accountable for not doing it in a lackadaisical fashion or in an administrative mindset, but in an actual yeah. combatives mindset, where if you're in jujitsu and you have the perfect technique and you shoot in on somebody and take them out and get wrapped up on them, but it takes you 12 minutes to do it, they're choking you out 13 times in that 12 minutes. Yep. This is the exact same thing. You can't do this shit in slow motion. You actually have to do it like you do it in the real world and go fast, and then technique matters all of a sudden. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast that's the worst statement ever yeah if you if you're still saying that please stop um if you're still saying that please stop slow is slow yeah slow is slow um efficient is fast be efficient cool yeah all right um Next topic heard across the counter at the gun store. Uh, it, 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 we, we need the beams. We need the beams for the guns. Uh, for those of you that are unaware, beams are lasers. Uh, are lasers on handguns still relevant? Um, I, I'm going to save the lasers on rifles as a maybe a tactical consideration. Um, and that's probably a little bit different conversation, especially when you start talking night vision, things of that nature. Um, we talk about defensive handguns. Um, Again, not not team environment or anything like that because I know there's a conversation around lasers helping to identify whose gun is on what bad guy, etc., things of that nature, and some different things like that. There's some being used as identifiers and stuff like that. But for a civilian with a laser, um, green lasers have changed the game a little bit. They're a little more visible in daylight conditions, but still not so much. Uh, red lasers are nearly useless until it gets dark and both are pretty much useless without a light already on the gun and then the question is is the red laser bright enough to overcome a thousand lumen light or whatever it's attached yeah. to or slave to if it's separate from the light then it's way too much for 98 percent of the skilled population to handle much less normal people normal mere mortal human beings um so lasers on guns what, are, what why would we why would we go all the trouble to say this what why do what about lasers sucks yeah so the laser when it's on the pistol, um, magnifies the inputs you're putting into the pistol. Yes. Um, so Both positive and negative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you know you think of you're shooting the pistol, the sights are moving around just a little bit um, because from an angular standpoint, the sights or the dot mounted to the pistol uh, are relatively close to where your eyeball's at. Yep. Um, we take that laser and attach it to the pistol. Uh, so that laser is now moving the same amount that the sights are. Yeah. Just that from an angular standards perspective, that dot is now way down um, towards target or on the target or well, near the target. Let's say, let's say but your it's front just a lot at, longer. Yeah, let, let's say your front sight's at one yard. And, now the laser's it, at 10, 15, 20, 30. You're magnifying the so movement. All that movement just gets horribly magnified. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to have that real nice stable yeah. sight picture before they shoot um, which just increases the wobbliness because you're always reacting to and chasing yes. uh, you know the wobbliness of the laser mm -hmm. uh, we had one friend who we actually nicknamed him laser yeah because um, he got pretty good at it but it took him what 10 years, years? It, it was it was literally a, it was years yeah of, uh, and, and this is not somebody who was on the range randomly this is somebody who spent a lot of time and who's had a significant firearms training background 
um, is is a a, a significantly skilled athlete, lifelong yeah. athlete, martial artist, shooter, um, high level bicycle rider, competitive bicycle rider. Um, I mean, this is a dude who was a lifetime of being capable at, at athletic yeah. endeavors. Put in the work, trying yeah. to learn the laser. Yeah, and, and he did. It, it did. It took him a long time. It took time. a long time. Um, and I think for a lot of folks that, that aren't going to put that the effort in, especially, um, and don't have a decade to get good, um, you know, this is a conversation where the distraction of it, the distraction of the movement, um, trying to find it, you're coming out of the holster fast. If you if you can't come out of the holster and engage a target at 10 yards at a sub 1.5, that means you're not seeing your sights and seeing what you need to see fast enough and your draw stroke sloppy. Add a laser to that, and now you're looking for, it helps you be target focused, except it, you're focused maybe on a dot and trying to find a dot. And we find a lot of people waving the gun around, trying to figure out where the hell things are at yeah. versus they would have been faster to just put the irons on the target and press the shot off and go on kind of thing. Um, it ends up being a crutch. It creates some bad habits like not bringing all the, the gun all the way to the site, the sights to the eye line, um, which is where you can control the gun better. Yep. And, and some really bad habits along those lines too, especially in novice shooters. Um, in general, if you are not fairly skilled and you don't need it for some other reason, um, such as something like, hey, I want to be able to stand on one side of a concrete post and shoot around the other. I don't know. I guess you could war game some crazy scenario yeah. where there's some advantage to it. On the whole, um, it's, it's way more negative than positive. Um, mechanically speaking, um, fitment speaking, if you buy a gun and then you put a light on it, you're likely to be able to find a holster for that combo as long as you haven't gone off the rails and bought something totally oddball and esoteric. When you put the laser light combo on the gun, holsters get a lot harder to find because in general, there's very little demand for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that takes us a nice segue into our next. Yeah. Um, I would add real quick, yeah. you know, the other kind of thing with the eyesight, you know, back, you know, let's go back 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had, you know, you're north of 45 years old, mm-hmm. uh, you can't see the front sight post, you know, a laser was kind of the, Oh, well, I can look at, I can see the, see the target. Yeah. I can see the laser. Um, going to a red dot mounted or green dot yes. mounted on the pistol solves almost all those issues. True, true statement. Um, and I think that has also helped to make lasers even less even less relevant. Yes, because um, now we have an actual gun mounted solution. Uh-huh. Um, works in the daylight, works at night. Doesn't um, tell the bad guy where you are. Doesn't tell the bad guy where you are. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, generally makes you a better shooter, um, yeah. both from a speed and accuracy perspective. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah, I would say if you're if you're thinking laser, think dot optic mounted on your handgun at this point. Yep. Um, and if you're one of the people who says, you know, oh, I don't know, shoot my irons like I did in the NOM, um, you know, that's fine. But don't come and ask about lasers because you didn't use lasers in the NOM either. So, yeah. you know, kind and of thing. Honestly, all those guys probably would have ran over their grandma with the school bus for yeah. a dot mounted optic on yeah. their handgun. Amen. Yeah. And, and well, and would have also acknowledged that if they were using a handgun, unless they were in a tunnel, yeah. somewhere around Coochie province um probably they probably it was a really 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 bad day um probably not as bad as being in a tunnel but still pretty yeah. bad so yeah um okay so segue takes us right into lights lights um lights on a gun especially this time of year by the time you hear this it will be daylight savings time um it will be getting dark uh before the six o'clock news oh wait a minute nobody watches six o'clock news um it's getting dark 
before you sit down, have dinner, and start scrolling through your TikTok, I guess, maybe something like that. Anyway, it's getting dark early enough. Uh, we get into the conversation around as a civilian, um, having a light on a gun, you know, in, in a low, 80% of violence happens in a low light, diminished light environment. Uh, by the way, that can be at noon inside a building. Yeah. So having a light on your gun full time is, is, is a really good idea. Um, if you can, if there, if we're talking about non-permissive environments and stuff like that, then I get, you know, having the small gun, maybe not having a light, which leads us to the second part of this conversation, uh, two lights, having a light on you and a light on the gun, a good quality light. Um, some of the stuff you guys have seen, uh, we, we are big fans for handheld lights of the Surefire Stiletto. It has appropriate switching. Uh, particularly the pro model. Yeah, the pro model, it, you know, e either one, but the pro especially, um, has has proper switching for a tactical environment. The tail cap switch on it is bright only. Um, and they did add a strobe to it for some reason. And if you mess around with the light and start doing weird things, it will strobe occasionally. Um, I That doesn't really bother me. It's not yeah. something that's been an impediment to anything I'm doing because I tend to run the light momentary and tend to do a quick blast of light, move, do a quick blast of light so if it strobes. Um, you know, I hear German club music and then it goes away and it's fine. So. Um, but beyond that, having proper switching, uh, there are some other lights out there like Streamlight, the wedge from Streamlight, uh, weird switching system, little lever, dim, bright, this, that, and the really other. Really more of a task light than, exactly. a, than a tactical light. Yeah. Um, Surefire has come out with a new EDC light of sorts that we haven't seen at the distributors yet. By the time you hear this, I um, actually saw uh, one of Prankus posts, mm. something that Surefire threw at him to use, but it's almost like a turbo-ish version of like an EDC-1 or EDC-2 that's okay. just long enough to smack somebody with to get your whole hand yeah. on um, and has, again, has proper tail cap switching, but has some options for a bright and a dim mode um, and some weird things like that. I haven't got to play with it to see. Surefire does some switching on some of their handheld lights where if you just touch the light, it'll. It, you just barely touch it, depress the button, it comes on in the low mode. But if you press through it, it comes on really bright. It comes on at the high mode. I don't have a problem with that modality of switching as long as you train with it, understand how to use it, and apply it to whatever scenario, tactic, etc. Yeah. Um, but you know, switching on a handheld, if you have something that's a variable power light, um, the the O lights and some of the other brands. I'm trying to think of the other brand that they make some ridiculously bright, small, compact lights that are amazing. That also tend to light themselves on fire. Exactly, they tend to catch fire, they tend to do crazy things like get ridiculously hot, they have multiple switching systems, and then they also have multiple power levels. And everybody says, oh, well you can program it. If you've ever worked a shoot house or ever done a structure clearing drill or anything like that with a handheld light, uh, because you can't point a gun at everything, um, you know, you learn that you're on the light, off the light, on the light, off the light. Well, that's generally how you program the light is by pressing the button a series of times. So I've seen that happen with the Streamlight with the 10 tap system where guys have gone into a shoot house, they're pressing, moving, pressing, moving, pressing, moving, scanning, pressing, moving, scanning, pressing, moving, scanning, and then all of a sudden, boom, the light's going dim or it's strobing or it's doing something unexpected. Yep. Generally, when there's a shoot target right in front of you um, and you can't quite identify it because you just spent two and a half lumens lighting it up at 12 feet. Um, so be aware of those things. I'm not saying, you know, that you, you can't, absolutely can't carry that. I mean, it's better than nothing, but I would tell you if, you, if you carry a gun, it should have a light on it, and you should have a light on you secondarily that becomes your primary light probably as a civilian. Yeah. Yeah, why is that? Why do you need a handheld light rather than just the one on the gun? Because I can't point the gun at everything I want to. Damn it. Yeah, mm. if you're, even in, in an LE standpoint, you know, most of the time, 
you're not searching with your gun. Yeah. Um, you're searching with the handheld light. You know, civilians especially, um, if we are searching, um, we're doing it with the handheld light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, potentially going to the gun or being like, oh, I just don't want to go over there. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So. The also, I tend to use my handheld light at least as often, if not more so, than I use my knife. True. Just for everyday yep. stuff, especially this time of year. Yes. Um, it, it drop something on the floor. Concrete floor in the shop, you know, yep. pretty easy to see stuff, except not really when you're 50 years old and your eyesight sucks. <laughs> um, super handy for that, right? Look underneath stuff, whatever. Um, blinding your friends when they need it. Whatever. I don't care what you do with it. Um, we talk about lights on guns. Yes, it is possible to work through a structure, pointing the light at the ceiling, lighting up rooms, and not necessarily running light through a room and pointing at people who don't need it. Um, it is it, one of the other things we run into with the lights. It's a training. It's a training conversation. You, with a light, you can dry fire your home. You can clear yeah. your house with a gun with a light. Yes, I know that you shouldn't be clearing your home on your own. You should hold up and wait for the police to show up. But when you have kids, wife, spouse, whatever you may be forced to go to the sounds of a fight yeah. um, hell-bent for leather and being able to look in each doorway as you go past it really quickly and make sure there's nobody that's going to sneak up behind you is probably not a bad idea um, in certain circumstances like this but you also don't want to point that gun at your own kid your own spouse you know family member etc yeah yes there are ways to do this but doing it with a handheld light is significantly more efficient and a lot safer there's not going to be that accident of that sympathetic trigger press because you're pushing some other button, etc. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, I understand it's a training issue, but any complication you add to a baseline skill set typically slows you down um, and creates room for error. So why let that sneak into the system if yeah. you don't have to? Um, so, you know, be aware of those things, understand all that, train with it, go do it. Again, you can clear your house dry fire, no problem. Unload your gun and work through it and clicky clicky. And you could even, if you have a spouse who's on board um, who doesn't think you're totally crazy uh, or a roommate who's on board who doesn't think you're totally crazy have them set up a surprise target say hey go through the house and put up a couple of targets real quick and i've got to work through and clear and see if yeah. i can find those things and go on um, do it with an unloaded gun but a loaded light and have fun and and learn yeah. you know what your advantages are what your angles are etc something you should probably be doing anyway so now do it in the dark um, we, we jokingly refer to this as clearing your house of canadians so um hey take off hey. take off hey um, yeah, so, but two lights are a good thing. Lights on guns are a good thing. Uh, what else? Spare mag. Yeah. Uh, do you need a spare mag? Non-permissive environment gun, little bitty gun. Um, are you carrying a spare mag? Maybe not, maybe you are, I don't know. If you can find some place to put it that it doesn't print. Um, it's amazing how well good holster systems and good mag pouch systems, whether they be inside the waistband or not, uh, on the belt line or a good mag pouch that's an inside the pocket pouch things of that nature there's a ton of options out there that'll keep that mag from printing um if you look at your mark one mod zero sub 30 year old male walking around in skinny jeans right now they generally have so much shit jammed in their pockets that you couldn't tell if they had a hand grenade much less a spare mag yeah so um you know worrying about it printing if using good equipment will negate that concern and also give you solid repeatable access to it um not a bad way to go I'm not going to tell you you have to. Um, you know, there are times when I carry a full-size gun if I've got, you know, 12, 15 rounds or more on me um, and I'm in dress clothes and I, I, I may not carry a spare mag. Uh, I tend to run the Boedemann horizontals with almost everything. 
if I'm wearing a shirt untucked, there's no reason not to carry a spare mag. I can pretty much, if I can conceal the gun, I can conceal the mag even easier. So I generally do, yeah. but not all the time. So be aware of that. Do you need more than one spare mag? If we're going to Easton, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay, lawsuit inbound. Uh, is that libel or slander? I can't remember which one. Anyway, um, yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, we joke about that. Uh, one of our guys, uh, one of our buddies who's uh, LEO is, is fond of, again, this is another saying that he's fond of. I think this is two in one day I've used from him. Um, if, if you go to a reload with a rifle, and you get into a second mag with a rifle as a civilian or as a law enforcement officer, which are civilians, um, they're going to write books about you and probably sing songs about you in Valhalla. Um, along those lines, if you're out there dragging around, you know, two, three, four spare mags with your pistol set up in the world, and you are not in some type of protective services detail um, or, or, or tactical law enforcement, but maybe undercover or whatever the case may be, um, is that really necessary? Do you have things like pepper spray and a med kit on you? Because if you have all this other crap and you don't have those two things, there's probably a conversation there too. Yeah. You know, so there's a there's a priorities conversation for sure. Yeah, a lot of this, you know, how many how many spare mags you need um, does kind of get down to is the pistol truly the primary for the operation or for the mission? Yeah. Um, you know, is the pistol your, you know, your suburban Columbus? The world is not melting down. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you're in Philly over the last two weeks, yeah. Um, you know, a rifle should probably be your primary. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those kind of considerations, as well. Um, you know, also can you, to some degree, it comes down to magazine size too. Yeah. Um, if I'm running a Glock 43, yeah, I probably want a I'm, couple spare mags. I'm going to carry a spare mag. Um, yeah. If I'm running a you know Glock 47, yeah, I can probably get by with what's in the gun. True. Or one spare mag. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at stuff like the 365 XL, um, you know, we got 13 rounds in the gun, and then we can run a macro um, spare mag. So now we got a 17 round spare mag. Yeah. Maybe only we need one spare mag and not seven. Seven. Yeah. Or. or or if you are in uh, someplace where you know pretty comfortable area and you wanted to run the 17 because you can, now you literally have full size Glock capacity yeah. in a in a very small shootable gun. So there's some nice things that are out on the market now in the last couple of years that have proven themselves as reliable, tough enough for taking your life yeah. on that kind of use for sure. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the <laughs> suburban Philly right now. Woo! So yeah. yeah, or Portland two years ago. Whatever, take your pick. Yeah. So 220, 221, whatever it takes. So. Um, another thing that's popped up, and again, this will be this will be cutting it to the wire uh, by the time you guys hear this. But uh, we we do occasionally this time of year, going into fall, bring in some deer style guns, whether that's a shotgun that'll run with iron with iron sights or rifle sights on it that you can shoot uh, deer slugs through and go deer hunting with, or some of the 350 Legend, 450 Bushmaster guns. We'll bring in a couple. Uh, we refer to them as our token deer guns. Uh, I think there's probably a seven and a half inch 350, uh, 44 mag Smith in the case, and some things like that, or a long slide like a Glock 40, uh, or for example, we just sold a Smith and Wesson. Uh, their new ported long slide gun is like a six the inch gun. 10 millimeter performance. Center. Yeah, 10 millimeter performance center gun. Um, all deer viable guns. Uh, part of the reason we bring the the 10 millimeter guns in are for guys that for folks that want that gun for in the woods for dogs, meth heads bears etc 
it's the 10 millimeter stuff supplanted the big magnum caliber revolvers because yeah. they're lighter and carry two to three times the capacity and are easier to shoot etc and more comfortable to us because that's what most of us carry now um some of the deer guns like the ruger we do the ruger uh ranch rifle the american ranch rifle in 350 legend uh compact gun 16 and a half inch barrel uh threaded so if you did want to put a suppressor on it you could do that um some of those things so we're one of the things we always run into and it's literally like the right before thanksgiving somebody's coming in and they're looking for ammo so they can zero their deer rifle or because they want to go deer hunting um so it, you're going to be hearing this probably <laughs> just in time to be that guy if you haven't thought about yeah. it uh but if you're coming in you know the week of thanksgiving wanting to zero um a new gun um or, or buy a new gun for deer season uh and then get a scope mounted on somehow confirm zero get a zero confirm zero etc and find ammo um good good luck at this point um we do have 350 legend ammo in stock right now we do have 450 bushy in stock right now no 4570 haven't seen anything in 4570 yeah, when we say right now we mean yeah. saturday october 7th exactly <laughs> yeah which is probably when you should have been shopping anyway but uh part of a conversation across the gun counter you know folks coming in doing this stuff september october and getting your gear set up uh we just had an officer come in um from cpd looking to get set up to go deer hunting and we had a ruger 350 legend gun we had a dot optic and had the ammo bada boom bada bing um this individual this hunter is going to be out in the woods with their stuff squared away this weekend so when deer season rolls around they're not futzing with stuff at the last minute they'll have ammo zeroed optic and gun ready to go um but you know like i said when you get close you're kind of taking your chances so like i said as you're hearing yeah. this if it hasn't crossed your mind to go run two rounds through your gun to make sure they're where they're supposed to be and or make sure you have you know five more just in case i think you only put three in the gun maybe but five more to go shoot a deer with and make sure it's down so um yeah so when you hear this if it's that thing that jogs your memory to make you go oh crap go take care of it uh give us a call you know we'll let you know if we have ammo we can tell you that over the phone um and if we can get you scored away we will but again just things heard across the gun counter um we always zero deer rifles in september for whatever reason it was always like yeah. a, a labor day ish kind of conversation uh within a week or two of labor day we'd run down to the farm and shoot a couple rounds and make sure everything was ready to go um so yeah there you are yeah yeah so guys as you know this is a the, we love to have conversations around all these topics um it, while we are purveyors of hardware uh, we are students of software um and so love to talk about training love to talk about planning love to talk about being ahead of the game with stuff like this whether it's mentally wargaming scenarios for defensive purposes whether it's making sure you're squared away to put good clean meat on the table for your family um whether it's trying to figure out the safest bestest fastest most efficient way to do things um you know love to have these conversations but these are the things we're hearing from you guys if you're in here uh we always welcome the you know, hey, you know, I'm curious about X, Y, or Z. Let's talk. Bring it up. Let's have that conversation. Always enjoy that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, on that note, as we come across interesting things, we try to get them posted up to our social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we are Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we are Cap City Outfitters 2. On our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Uh, also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter or send us an email to info at capcityoffers.com and we will add you to the newsletter list. 
And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, we are here Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, um, Saturday, 10 to 3. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in.